0: Hello, Deconstruction Community. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger, a show that gives a platform for people to share their stories of surviving toxic religious environments. As a trigger warning, a lot of topics on this show will revolve around religious trauma, mental health, and spiritual abuse. Hello, everyone. This is Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. And today, my guest is Emma Pope. She attended Bob Jones University for a couple of years and recently left after experiencing toxic toxicity and religious trauma. How are you doing today, Emma?
1: Great. Awesome. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, it's interesting because for uh, listeners who um, don't know like I attended Bob Jones for three and a half years and got expelled back in January and like I don't know if we ever crossed paths Emma I don't think Jones. so no because like I, I I don't remember you unfortunately <laughs> there are a lot of people like there are a lot of yeah. things also I've walked out of <laughs> that place I'm like you know like, let's not remember anything um <laughs> Um, but, like, just for listeners, just a quick update on it because I know a, a lot of people don't know what Bob Jones is, but it's a fundamentalist Christian college in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, it was obviously founded by Bob Jones, and like, he's basically the college has been continued by each of his succeeding family until recently. Recently, his win is finally stopped being run by his family. Um, and this college is notorious for its racism. <laughs> it lifted its interracial dating ban in 2000, which every I think a lot of people know about that because it's just so shocking. Um, and they're just known for their strictness and their controlling environment. Um, And so, you know, the first question, I know we're going to get into your story opening up at Bob Jones, but I think we'll start at the beginning of like, you know, what was your religion like growing up and how did you get involved with fundamentalism and how did that lead you to Bob Jones University?
1: So, yeah, as far as religion goes, I feel like I had a fairly normal childhood. I was growing up in the South. And as far as like religion, my family was just, we were kind of Christians because we were in the South, but it wasn't like a super- dominating part of our lives like we go to church most Sundays super big church with like half our town but it wasn't anything like super crazy and I really don't remember it so so well in childhood but around the time when I was about to start high school my parents were going through a separation and it was definitely the best thing for our family but it was still it was still hard to go through when you're a child and around that time as well some of my really close childhood friends they invited me to go with them to this summer camp that is also heavily, like, associated with Bob Jones, so I was like, oh, okay, sure, that sounds fun, I'll go. Um, and, and was like-
0: sorry, was this, it was it the Wilds?
1: It was, yes, it was the oh, Wilds.
0: Oh, yes, <laughs> oh, wow, I know, oof, because I, unfortunately, like, I never ended up at the Wilds, but my church, they had its own wacko camp that I went to, <laughs> but, yeah, okay. so for for anyone listening, like, the Wilds is just, I think they have a few camps in the U S but it's just known it's specifically Christian and there's just, I'm sure, I mean, I've never been to it, but I'm sure like, there's a lot of like service, like religious services y'all go to and a lot of pressure to like have conviction and make choices. I'm sure about like purity Um, and just like deciding, I don't know, to separate from the world, like to not, maybe watch movies or TV shows, just, it's a very emotionally manipulative (laughs) thing, Uh, (laughs) and, you know, and I can, I know that, because I went to my church at their own Christian camp, and it had its own issues, but sorry for interrupting, just wanted to let people know (laughs) what that Uh, was, got you, so, yes, yep,
1: it was, like, oh, all of that was, like, such a different culture than, like, what I'd been used to, I was, like, doing research, I was, like, shorts have to, like, go to your knee, like, you have to have skirts that go to your knee for, like, evening services, I was, like, what? That's so weird. I've never done like, I didn't have any, I didn't own any clothes that I could wear to camp. So like, me and my parents like went to Walmart and bought a bunch of like dudes basketball shorts so I could have like stuff to wear.
0: Oh I was no, like, that's weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is weird. but like, whatever. It's, they they enjoyed it the first time they went. Like, it sounds fun. So and anyway, what found the time like it got time to go to camp. I was like super excited. And then about halfway through the week, they had the traditional like salvation message um and i probably would have told people at that point i was a christian but the way the message was framed it was along the lines of if you're not doing x y and z you're not truly saved you didn't your heart hasn't changed like that sort of message like i didn't realize at the time but just making me feel like i wasn't doing enough to actually be a christian so mm-hmm. I like broke down. I was crying, talked to my counselor. We like talked about it. And then at that point, that was when I really started to like get into the It's Like I need to do all these things. I need to be like a perfect little Christian right now wow. so I can like be saved. So yeah. And then I started going to the church that my friends were going to, which is also heavily associated with Bob Jones. Cause we We lived in North Carolina about like an hour from Bob Jones. There are people who'd come down to that church. So I started going to that church with them. Started attending camp every year. I got like super, super involved. And just like now as well, looking back, I feel like I was a perfect target for like a fundamentalist sort of church. I was a little neighbor kid. I went to public school. I was coming to church with my friends. My parents were separated. Told everyone my parents were unsaved. made my parents feel like they were going to hell all the time which like I have oh. so I, I really I feel so bad about that but like we've worked through it but looking back like yeah I was it was a rough time for like my parents and me um so yeah it was a perfect little like project and I was like fitting the mold I made them look very like successful
0: mm, yeah I can see that yes, <laughs> oh, <wow>. yes. <laughs> oh my because like You know, I can just imagine, though, like, so, like, at what age did you start going to the wilds? I'm curious.
1: Um, I believe it was the summer before I started high school, so I was, like, 13, I'm pretty sure.
0: Okay, yeah, because it's, like, you know, the thing I don't like about a lot of these camps is that, you know, teens in general are in emotionally vulnerable place because yes. you're figuring yourself out a lot of changes are happening it's a lot of confusion and I feel like too in religious households there's even more confusion because they just don't talk about it yeah <laughs> um, at all but um yeah so it sounds like you know I mean really these places are very emotionally manipulative and it's really like it's legalistic how they're like, oh yeah, this is the standard you have to follow. Mm -hmm. And if you don't conform to these certain things, you're burning hell. So they use fear to make people conform to their religion. And, you know, if you really believe like, oh, if I don't do this, like I'm going to suffer for eternity. Um, And so through their indoctrination, um, basically, like there's so much psychological discomfort from not following what they're doing that in order to relieve that anxiety, you have to Conform and do what they want. And really, that's kind of how they plan it to get people sucked into it um, really to conform, to push their religion, and really to help validate their own beliefs. And that just makes me think about how they, you know, how you were saying you were their little perfect project to make them look good or successful, like they were good, successful Christians. Because there is a lot of pressure in these environments, too, to, like, in quotes, get people saved. Um, and witness and so along when did you actually feel like that oh wow this version of Christianity this fundamentalist version is so toxic
1: yep so I eventually I started attending Bob Jones um, and as well I was still attending that church I was driving an hour twice a week so Wednesdays and Sundays so I could go to the same church in North Carolina even though it's like so far away from school but like we had a decent group of people from Bob Jones who were doing that so like i thought it was normal i kind of enjoyed the car rides but like looking back that's another like red flag i was literally driving an hour just to go to church when there's like 50,000 churches in Greenville but um around the time i started like thinking that this was a toxic setting was like around the time covid hit Um, I was beginning to like disagree with how a lot of the ways that my church was handling things. And just whenever I would like bring up concerns about it, I would just kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't, my concerns, like what I was thinking would not be validated, like at all. And it was just with such a small church. I felt like I always had, I had more of a say and like my opinions were validated, but at that time they weren't anymore. I was just getting like judgy comments all the time. I was just so, I was just very miserable. I was still definitely believing all of like those, all of like the fundamentalist views, but I was just not super happy with how my church was operating. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray more. It'll get better. I'm just going to try to stick it out. It'll get better. And I had so many people like still within fundamentalism pointing out how toxic the church, that specific church was.
0: Mm -hmm, Yeah. But
1: I just, I was like, I'm just gonna stick it out. Go pray. It's gonna get better. So,
0: and so, um, kind of, I know, like, you were surrounded by a lot of Bob Jones people. So, like, was that the main reason why you wanted to go to Bob Jones? And I'm also curious, how did people convince you to go? What do they say about it specifically?
1: Yes. So, um, as I said, my church was heavily associated with Bob Jones, and. The guys who were running our youth group at that time were all students at Bob Jones. And in general, when you graduated high school at my church, you went to Bob Jones. I was like, oh, it seems like a great place. I went to like, I went to summer camp there as well too. And I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, I want to go to Bob Jones. That sounds great. I want to go to like a Christian school since like I didn't, I went to public school in high school. Uh, My parents absolutely hated the idea and told me, Emma, Bob Jones is a cult don't go there but ironically I hate being told what to do so I decided to go to Bob Jones
0: <laughs> wow yeah
1: <laughs> the irony but um yeah so they decided let me make my own decisions which um I needed to do at that time yeah so I ended up at Bob Jones with that they were not super thrilled but
0: <laughs> yeah I thought it was interesting when reading about your a little bit about your story about how you rebelled by going to Bob Jones. Yeah. I was like, what? I'm like, this is an interesting story. Like,
1: yeah.
0: oh, wow. And so, um, so yeah. So now if you could kind of tell, talk about like your, the toxicity and negative experiences at Bob Jones and yeah. like when you started realizing that and really also kind of like talk about how the difference between how they treat guys and girls at that school.
1: Okay, yep. So my sophomore year, I started a new job. Uh, I was coaching gymnastics, which was so much fun because I did that when I was younger. It was just like, I was really on a whim. I was just like taking an adult gymnastics class there. And the owner was like, do you want a job? I'm like, sure. That sounds fun. I love gymnastics. So I got back into that. And it was kind of like my first time in a couple of years. I had a job like outside of Bob Jones. So I was, like, getting introduced to, like, other people who weren't part of, like, that bubble, so to say. Um, And it seems, like, so, and, yeah, so I was working at a gym. And obviously, like, when you're working at a gym, you're going to wear gym clothes. So I would, like, go to work wearing, like, what I still, at the time, what I still considered Mm -hmm. to be very modest, but not Bob Jones. Oh, yeah. So I would. Mm -hmm yeah, so I'd be like walking to my car so much anxiety, like, am I gonna get caught for what I'm wearing? Like I'm going to work. Um, so yeah, time went on. Sophomore year, I pretty much stayed out of trouble. I was very much like a goody two shoes. Um, and then junior year, which was my last year at Bob Jones, I dropped or I stopped going this past year. Um, I got a lot more into fitness, and I started working out at this like, super cute little fitness studio in downtown greenville it was called the booty shop it's a it's wonderful but like, i had so much when i first started going i had so much guilt because like i was working at a gym called like the booty shop and um, they played music know. that had like <laughs> curse words and stuff but like i loved it so much and it's just like i felt so empowered every time mm-hmm. i was there
0: yeah i was
1: around a bunch of other like strong beautiful women who loved fitness and like everyone was so encouraging to each other and it was just it was just wonderful. So I kept getting more into that. I kept um, I was starting to get like snarky comments from my friends, like, Emma, why are you working at the booty shop? Emma, why did you wear that? Emma, your stomach is showing like just little snarky comments, and I just kind of like brush them off, um, try not to think too much about it. But like after a while, like getting told these things, like constantly, like you're being a bad person, like you should be wearing that. That's making you a sinner like, it starts to, like, really, like, wear you down, you know, and it's just, it got to be, it got to be a lot, so, um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: same time, one of my really close friends got promoted to being an RA in the dorms.
0: Oh, no. Uh... Yes, Yes. Mm.
1: so she got promoted to be an RA in the dorms, um, and I knew this, I knew this was gonna end badly, like, I had such a bad feeling in my gut about it, but, um, yeah, cause I typically would try to like steer away, like avoid dorm staff and avoid like important people or yes, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> like just fly under the radar to like not get in trouble or anything. But, um, I posted like a picture on social media wearing like a sports bra and shorts because I was just, I was proud of like my fitness progress.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, simply
1: put that I was. Like was was not a provocative photo of any means. I was just proud of myself for my uh, fitness.
0: You're just literally showing, yeah, your fitness. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yep. And um, next day, she calls me to her room, and to talk about it. And she tells me, "Emma, I'm your friend, so I'm not gonna give you any demerits for this. But even on social media, you need to be in the dress code." I'm like, okay. I don't know what to say to you. I'm not going to change what I'm doing. You don't have authority over me. We've been friends since we were two. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had like, blocked her on social media. We kind of just like more or less stopped talking for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that kind of like put me on the radar of like other like dorm people, like kind of looking at um, what I'm doing.
0: Mm, which is yeah, is
1: frustrating. Um, and then eventually some more um, the dorm supervisor who's like above the RA and like Bob Jones hierarchy. Um, I kept mm, just like yeah. living my life, like working out, doing yoga. Um, and then she calls me to her room and tells me, or she's very concerned with like the pictures I'd been posting on social media or whatever. And she calls me to her room, we have a conversation. I like refused to open up to her. because like, I'm not going to tell you what's going on. I'm not going to tell you how miserable I am here at Bob Jones. Like mm-hmm. you don't deserve that from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was telling me how like, Emma, you're such a good girl. You, I knew you from the wilds. Cause I worked at the wilds one summer as well, that same summer camp. Like, this is not the same Emma who was work- who I worked with at camp. Like, this is just rebellious. It's <laughs> like, you're trying to like, be rebellious on purpose. I'm like, sorry like what do you want to say like I kept my composure which I was very proud of myself for because when I get in those mm-hmm. situations I always yeah. just like break down and start crying yeah but um I kept my composure and then that night I called my mom and I was like mom I can't stay here anymore like this place is just it's just horrible like just mm-hmm. always being told I'm a bad person for liking fitness or loving yoga just like the two things that were helping me through when I was like really like struggling with like mental health and all these things. Um, and basically what my parents told me is behave the rest of the year, don't get yourself in more trouble and like, we'll figure out what we're gonna do for your final year. So it's kind of how mm-hmm. I got out of Bob Jones, yeah. I guess.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, leaving your junior, right at the end of your junior year, I think, you know, it was perfect because, um, you know, I was kicked out after I already have like really my last semester of my senior year. And so basically, thankfully I've been able to transfer like 90 of my credits. So that's three years. So you did three years. So if you wanted to find an online college or maybe there are local colleges, but find them that can transfer 90 credits so that yeah. you don't have to like, I'm grateful that 90 of mine even transferred from Bob Jones, honestly.
1: Yeah. like
0: I was like, I was kind of worried a little bit. Um, about it, and so kind of going back to what you're saying about um, how people just made you feel bad uh, for doing things that you enjoyed that didn't, um, I guess you would say, conform to their fundamentalist uh, agenda or standards. And so just kind of like going, digging a little bit into the toxic culture of Bob Jones, just talk, you know, talking to listeners like, like this place, there's so much shame put on you around not conforming to their standards and there's so much shame about just basically being human and being imperfect <laughs> and um, you know I had a friend who grew up in a healthy Christian environment and he went to Bob Duns University and it just completely his mental health went just downhill from there like he became so suicidal he felt constant shame on his back basically, just constant shame. Cause there was, I mean, really that's how they kept us in line, kept us trying to follow the rules is there was so much shame put on people and a lot of their um, chapel services are emotionally and spiritually abusive really.
1: So yeah, along those lines, um, kind of like the, the toxicity at Bob Jones, it was, um, I was definitely, I was definitely conforming to all of those standards. I was definitely turning into like one of those super like judgmental Christians. Like if you're not doing X, Y, and Z, are you even a Christian? Like with all those thoughts in my head all the time, like I put them on myself. If I was doing like the slightest thing wrong, I would like feel, I just feel guilt all the time over everything, which is still something that like I struggle with today, even being completely out of that culture. Like, for instance, like, even when I was super into it, I loved Family Guy. I just thought it was hilarious. And like, I would watch it all the time.
0: Yeah. Just- uh. <laughs> I was just like,
1: bur- like, mind-numbing show you can watch in the background. I just thought it was funny. It's so, like, yeah. I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. And then I'd feel guilt about it. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't watch this. This show's bad. Like, why am I watching Family Guy? <laughs> but stuff like that. And then, like, as well, again... Always being judged, like being judged constantly for like my clothing choices, is what drove me like bonkers. And just people thinking like they're better than me because like I would wear workout clothes to work out that are actually like suitable for what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So some of those instances, and as well, like it was driving a wedge between me and my family. And I have the most amazing parents. Like I cannot express that enough. The most amazing supportive parents. And I was just really like, that culture was just really driving a wedge between me and my parents, like with me acting like I'm better than my parents, like I need to convert them so they don't go to hell. Um, and just like when you're talking down to your parents like that all the time, um, thinking you're better than them just because you're doing all these things that make you a good Christian. Um, Yeah, I was doing all of those things and it was just, it was really kind of driving that wedge into that relationship Um, while they were still trying to support me doing what at the time I thought that I was supposed to be doing, so.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, now that I've gotten out of Bob Jones and I've really started, you know, begun digging a lot into learning about cults. And it's been interesting to kind of look back at Bob Jones And really, like, you know, decipher and dig into the different cultic behavior. And, like, Mm -hmm. a a common thing in cults is that they um, really separate you uh, from people on the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, They try to either they explicitly purposely um, put a wedge in those relationships or they cause you to do that yourself. I convince you that they're not good or that you're better than them, or they're not conforming, or they're sinners, or you know, they're puns of Satan or they're serving Satan or just all these different extreme things. Um, so yeah, I think that's interesting because that, that's one of the things um how cults really control people is um preventing them from their family and friends that are on the mm-hmm. outside. And so um, through the years, like, w- what other negative experiences did you have at Bob Jones Diversity, maybe, like, regarding chapel, and, like, um, how was um, society for you, and for people listening, society at Bob Jones is just the Christian version of a uh, sorority or a fraternity, basically, and it's not cool at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, <laughs> um... Well, so as time went on and I started kind of, like, thinking for myself, making my own decisions, realizing that, like, I don't need to do everything that Bob Jones is telling me to do, I started, I basically, like, I pretty much lost all my friends. And I was just, like you're saying, I felt so isolated because I didn't really have any friends outside of Bob Jones at the time who weren't going to um, judge me for all those things. Um... So, like even all those things like chapel um I kind of honestly last year I kind of just zoned out every day uh I wasn't really I was not into it like I didn't want to hear what they had to say telling me how I'm a bad person I need to be relying on God more all those things I just I just zoned out like society and stuff like again I like I was so isolated I didn't have any friends at that point I just kind of like Every day I was just kind of like floating through my day, just trying to like get to the next day, get to the next day, just trying to like get through every day. And it was, it was, it was difficult. Like I was very, at that time I was very sad and like lonely because I was just so isolated. Um,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah, then around that time as well, um, I was working out a lot at the booty shop and I noticed one of the instructors there she had she had like a recreational therapy practice so I reached out to her because I was so sad and like I was like I need to do something about this like I don't want to keep going on I had no idea like what recreational therapy was and on and I'd heard bad things being in that culture about any sort of therapy that wasn't like biblical counseling but yeah (laughs) oh gosh So I reached out to her and I started doing therapy with her. And the focus of like recreational therapy is like kind of helping you cope with these negative emotions, like depression, anxiety, with like kind of things you enjoy to do and different ways you can like implement them in your lifestyle to help you better cope with those emotions. Um, And her big focus was on yoga, which has literally like changed my life so much. It's been wonderful just um adding like that mindfulness to my to my life To like practicing mindfulness like moving my body breathing on moving like trying to be completely focused on like my breath rather than all of the other things I need to do like ne- all those negative emotions so focusing on that I was focusing on something else and that really like that helped me so much through that time like um just coping through that time with those emotions, getting through it. And she as well, like she was helping me. She was like, she never said, you need to stop going to the church you're at. You need to stop going to Bob Jones. They're toxic. But she really helped me see in another light, just how toxic those places were Mm -hmm. and how those were, those places were so negatively contributing to my mental health.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah.
1: So, um, I kept doing, I kept seeing her for a while and yeah. And again, like just with the judgment, like I got judgment from my like so-called friends that I wasn't seeing a biblical counselor, uh, but I was seeing an actual therapist who knows about mental health and won't just tell me to pray more because that wasn't what I needed to hear. Like I was angry with the church, with how I've been treated. I wouldn't want someone to tell me that I'm not close enough to God. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, I kept going through that basically. Um got more more and more like into into yoga as well. And I'm trying to get my certification to teach yoga hopefully soon. Um and that's really just been the one thing that's like helped me get through that like negative situation.
0: Yeah, because It's interesting because I'm going to have an interview someone I think next week, who actually studied biblical counseling, um, for seven years at Bob Jones University. Oh wow! And after those seven years, they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is bullshit! I want to be an actual mental health counselor and be a, a therapist." And you know, thankfully, this person like they're on a quest to expose the dangers of biblical counseling and how harmful it is. And, you know, for anyone who don't know what biblical counseling is, um, it's basically like counseling that's, I mean, is, it is what it sounds like. It's literally just based on um, an interpretation of the Bible. And like, I'm trying to think of like, I think it was Jay Adams um, who really like really began and promoted the biblical counseling movement and to kind of create the model, but it's not based on any kind of science whatsoever and the the techniques that they use i guess to help people work through things is not based on science it's just oh i believe this will work so it must work Hmm. basically so like and there's so much um there's so much shame in biblical counseling like you were saying like they tell you to pray that you're not close enough to god so they there's so much victim blaming and I know Bob Jones, they have, they've had a lot of issues in the past, the counselor like um, blaming women for being sexually assaulted mm. um, and different things. Um, and I know they have a lot of issues with their biblical counseling faculty at the school um, for teaching and promoting harmful beliefs and practices. And so, yeah, so I'm excited to interview this person as they're trying to um, expose how harmful that is basically um and so for you what was the breaking point that made you leave Bob Jones
1: Yep. so my entire junior year I was just very sad I was very isolated at the point at that time I had no friends um and it was just that instance where I was being told I was I was on I was getting to the point where I was like do I even believe like the things they're telling me? Like, why do I believe, why did I think I need to do all these things? Like I needed space to really figure out what I believe. Um, if I believe in Christianity, just what I believe in. And if I'm in that culture, you can't take the time to rethink these things. I needed space to figure it out. And it was just, um, when I kept getting in trouble for stupid things I was like this isn't right um ironically I had to pay 50 dollars for wearing gym clothes and they sent a letter home to my parents and it just made my parents laugh it look like I was like <laughs> posting porn or something on social media I was like jokes on you it just made my parents laugh your stupid little letter
0: did you tell but, them that <laughs> or yeah,
1: <I> was like <laughs> that's what I told my that's what I told my mom it's like you follow me on Instagram you see what I post like so they were, they sent a letter home to my parents about my social media posts. Like I'm a child, um, because, well, I've been pursuing like yoga training and I knew there was no way I could become a yoga teacher and not get kicked out. Um, cause right now that's like my path. Like my goal right now is I really mm-hmm. want to be a yoga teacher and just, I want to share that, how like amazing yoga is with other people. It's like, it literally, it changed my life. Um, and I knew there was no way I could do that at Bob Jones.
0: Yeah, like I can definitely see that. And like, kind of going back um, to what you're saying about how they look down on people, like um, going just to sue a mental or to a therapist, someone who's actually qualified. Um, I think a big reason um, a lot of these toxic and really cult like places don't want you to get outside help is they don't really want you to wake up and realize oh, yeah. how toxic they are and how ha- harmful they are. Um, because I think a, a lot of them know that, um, but mm-hmm. really like their counseling and their mode, like it's, it's always been number one control and making people fall into line. Um, that's always when it's been about, and they don't, re- they don't really care. I think how negatively they affect the students. Cause I know there's still faculty there that have caused so much harm and the you know the administration hasn't done anything about it at all hmm. and there are people I know in like the biblical counseling department who have harmed a lot of people and have been very emotionally and spiritually abusive but they just don't do anything um and so by the time you left like did you have any friends to say goodbye to or what did people say when um they found out you were leaving
1: um I basically I had like one close friend um, and I told I told her what I was going through she's like I'm really sorry like that's that's really hard um, and yeah she's basically the only person I said goodbye to like I've officially moved here to Greenville because I love especially as as I hated Bob Jones I absolutely love Greenville so I yeah, mean that's same. like the silver <laughs> lining is like I found the place where I love to live um so like I transitioned, I moved like twenty minutes or ten minutes, fifteen minutes down the road. Uh, I just I love mm-hmm. where I am now.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. I have
1: been gradually like building up that sense of community with other people who um, don't judge me for every decision I make. But yeah, when I left, I pretty much had like one friend left. Um, I we're still close, we're super close, but I didn't really have anyone to say goodbye to. I made um. I made like a post on social media, uh, how much this year sucked. Uh, then I had oh, had no. some people, yeah, <laughs> I had a couple of people, um, I had some people reach out like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. Like, do you want to meet up? I'm like, no, I don't. You're the one who did this to me. I don't want to oh, talk to you. And it's just like, I didn't do the best job necessarily of telling people like how they hurt me which I don't necessarily, I don't need to, but I didn't tell her. No,
0: you don't. But
1: um. I mean, she saw it secondhand on my social media. And then I think finally felt bad about the things they've done. So that's about it. Like I, it's been really, it's been really interesting though, seeing people who like, I kind of, not necessarily friends with, like knew of from Bob Jones, like reach out like, oh, Mm -hmm. I've experienced similar things. Like, oh, that this place is so toxic just like people who have had similar experiences who haven't spoken out and it was Mm -hmm. just yeah I honestly just received a bunch more or less I just received a lot of support which was what I really needed at that time when I left
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I would say yeah when I left I was surprised by how many Bob Joe students shared like the toxic things they experienced because like I know how repressive that environment is and how you literally cannot say anything negative about that school at all (laughs) to anyone or there's so much shame around it. And that's another cult-like thing also, Um, controlling language and what you say about the organization, like that's another thing. But um, I basically, I did like, I don't know if you remember this or I don't know if you follow me at the time when I did this, but like I did um, basically like, I put the like question box on an Instagram story and I was like toxic stories from Bob Jones. Like it's anonymous, don't worry, like let it out, let it go. Yes. <laughs> and I got so many responses and I've saved a highlight on my Instagram of those things for people to look at, I guess if they want to, but, um, but yeah, so that, that environment is um, really, really toxic and harmful. Um, and you know, like, you know, when you leave fundamentalism, the fundamentalism doesn't necessarily leave you and like it's that it's that deep programming and like undoing the indoctrination uh, that they did and I was kind of I was definitely relating to what you were saying how you know you're feeling guilty about every little thing you do and like they really program you um through mind control really to feel bad about things you really shouldn't feel bad about so Mm -hmm. like for me um you know you really have to like rationally like look through the things you do and be like okay like how is this actually affecting people is this actually harming people um and and you know and once it takes time to get over certain things because it's funny how you're talking about family guy because I really love South Park <laughs> which is just another adult um cartoon um but I would I would watch that all the time at Bob Child, so yeah yeah <laughs> so funny and like oh gosh like Oh, uh, like, and I don't know, do you, I know you said yoga, uh, was one of the things that really helped you. Um, and you know, and maybe for people who are interested in yoga, could you dig into yoga a little bit and how it helps you and why is it so effective with helping people?
1: So yes, for me, I've always been a very like fitness minded person. So I got introduced to yoga through the gym I was at because my very like brainwashed fundamental self would never walk into a yoga studio because I was always told yoga's evil it's like you're worshiping false gods by practicing yoga just because it has it has a basis in eastern religion mm-hmm. um but yeah I got introduced to it in more of like a more of like a fitness sort of yoga like the physical side um, and I just, I loved how I felt it wasn't even a traditional yoga class, but I just loved how I felt. I was like, I want like, I feel so good. Like I feel calm. I feel peaceful. So like, I kind of want to like pursue this more. Like, why do I feel this way? Um, and then I started learning more about it, being able to practice the different called asanas, different asanas, different poses, like on my own. And it's just, whenever you are moving your body, with your breath, focusing on only like your breathing um, and meditating, like it's just, it really helps you to calm yourself. Um, it helped me so much to calm myself when I would be feeling anxious because I was practicing at Bob Jones all the time. My um, I roommates I probably thought I was crazy in all honesty, but um, I would just practice my little like dorm practice mm-hmm. space. Yeah. And like I'd have a horrible day. I'd be like, whatever. Okay. I'm just going to go to my mat right now. I'm not going to worry about anything else that just happened. I'm just going to move my body. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to calm down, and I just I felt better. Um, and it's just the different. It's like the mind muscle connection. Like it can. There's just connections in your brain. Like moving the energy.
0: Yeah. It just
1: it helps mm-hmm. to. It just helps you to. For me, it helped me so much just yeah. mental health wise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then even now I've been learning a lot more because I'm doing a yoga teacher training, learning more about the more traditional aspects of yoga rather than just um doing the different poses and it's just it's so interesting learning about how the energy moves from your body um and just different like just a different way of looking Mm -hmm. at life too. a different kind of philosophy I guess that Mm -hmm. like a year and a half ago I was like this is evil don't tell me about this I'm like there might be some truth to this like at a point I don't know what on earth I believe and I'm giving myself compassion about that but I'm trying to like take in all the information I can to kind of figure it out for myself I guess.
0: Yeah and like, I think that is important because you know what you believe has to be really personal to you and I think it's great how you've discovered yoga and realized and about the mind and body connection because you know, a lot of people have trauma um, because basically, I mean, trauma, a big part of it is, you know, trapped energy in your body Mm -hmm. that you were never, you never completed. I think it's called like biological completion, but like there's this way that it's been observed by scientists in how they've observed animals and really tracked how they release energy from Traumatic experiences, and a lot of it has to do with like body movement hmm. and things that they do that release that energy and complete that cycle, so they're not stuck in that state of survival mode or in fight, flight, freeze, or fun mode. And um, and for me, like I think it is so important for a lot of people who have been indoctrinated and have religious trauma and been in these toxic environments is really connecting with your body and listening to your Mm -hmm. body because these environments disconnect you from yourself. Like it's like self-sabotage, it's self-annihilation. They teach you that your body is evil. They teach you that your thoughts are evil, that you can't trust your heart at all. Um, So you're completely relying on everything outside of you, on other people, on spiritual leaders. and, And they try to get you really to like rely on a personal God that they can't even prove is Mm -hmm. like there for you anyways. So it's like, they're like anything but yourself basically. Um, And so the issue with that though, is if you can't, if you're not connected to yourself, um, you're not aware of your bodily sensations or you believe your thoughts are evil. I mean, you're constantly really gonna be avoiding yourself um, and also you're not going to know how to deal with emotional issues. Like you, your emotional regulation will be really messed up. Um, and really like you'll just, your emotional intelligence will increase at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really stunts your psychological growth as a person. And so I think really one of the first steps I feel like to healing from that religious trauma and getting out of that toxic environment is like connecting with your body and listening to your body because your your body communicates with you all the time. Um, some people are more in tune with it. Some people are not. And it's something that I've been trying to learn through therapy and different grounding techniques is that really like your nervous system and your body will tell you like what situation is safe and what is not and what person is safe and what person is not. And you know, who is toxic. Um, you know, your body will tell you. And um. And I think too, like there's so much emotional repression in these environments too, because there's so much shame around having emotions that are perceived as negative, but our emotions are valid. They are important Mm -hmm. and, you know, we really need to understand them. And for me, like a big part, I mean, there are several things for therapy for me that have been helpful, but a big part to therapy has been trying really to continue like moving that shame of experiencing um, perceived negative emotions because like for me even after I left like being sad whenever I get sad I would feel so much shame about it and I could just hear like my pre- my pa- old past in the back of my mind like oh you wouldn't be sad if you were doing this this and this mm-hmm. or oh like a Christian shouldn't be sad like or you have this or like you know because you hear it for so many years um, but for me like journaling about my emotions and learning about different emotions through psychology and why we have them and what we can do um, to really like deal with them and not avoid them, and like a, a, a book I recommend for anyone is like it's called Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, okay. and she goes through eighty-seven human emotions. Oh wow, um, it's crazy. Yeah, but she she's been researching emotions for for years, like through psychology, um, and she's really trying to help the next generation have that emotional. Um, intelligence and knowledge to deal with those things and not avoid them But it's been a very helpful book for me because um, it's really hard when you get out of it and you don't know how to deal with emotions you're like what is this how do I deal with this um, and I feel like too like you know and for me like I'm, I'm a bibliophile so I love reading books constantly um, so I feel like it's one of the few books that can help people work through emotions. And I think there's probably like a workbook along with the book, hmm. if you want to get that too. Interesting. Um, But yeah, so like, as I've been in therapy, like yoga is something my therapist has suggested, um, which is something I haven't, I haven't taken the time to get into yet. But from what I've done with my body is like a lot of like grounding techniques. Um, and like my therapist, he called it like anchoring. And it was hmm. where like, you know, you sit down somewhere, and you get in touch with each of your five senses individually become aware of them um, because you know it was really mind-blowing to me when my therapist was like it's like Andrew he's like our minds can be in the past in the future but our bodies can only be here in the present and he's like if we're in touch with our body we're aware of our body that means we're present and we're not thinking about those other things so I think that is the powerful thing about finding a practice that really does get you in touch with your body and like once you're in touch and aware of your body, it can really help you deal with those harder emotions and harder situations and to regulate yourself. And so, you know, I think for my last question, like, what advice do you have for people who are stuck in these toxic religious environments?
1: So, yes, I mean, obviously, like, if you can, like, get out, if you have the ability to get out, get out, because like, I didn't even think of that as an option like I was following your story and I was like you know I don't have to be here at Bob Jones like I can finish my degree somewhere else like I don't have to be here yeah
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: I know for a lot of people that isn't an option I am extremely blessed with like very supportive wonderful parents um and they supported me like not wanting to be there so if you don't have the ability to get out find something that like find a good way to cope for me like a good outlet for me that was yoga obviously that's not for everyone but just something that like can make that makes you happy that makes you able to um focus on yourself like it's not selfish to focus on yourself which is another like thing that I was always told like don't be Mm -hmm. focusing on yourself that's selfish Mm -hmm. but it's it's not like you need to focus on yourself you need to do what's right for you like on developing your intuition trust yourself like trust your gut, do what feels right.
0: Yeah. And I think it is crucial to take care of yourself because, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care of other people? Oh yeah. And really, you know, before you can change the people and change the world, you have to change yourself. So like the better Mm -hmm. you make yourself really, the better you're going to help people and be equipped to help people around you. But again, fundamentalists don't like like (laughs) self-empowerment at all or autonomy (laughs) or freedom of thought or action of anything um but yeah so like I would say like for me what was crucial for me escaping was networking outside of Bob Jones while I was there um finding the community outside of it so you have somewhere to go because that's another thing about these cultish environments is that they really isolate you and like they make it so so hard to leave um Mm -hmm. really and it's really sad because I know a lot of people who who, I've talked to different people who for years stayed longer at Bob Jones and they really had to because it's all they knew um they're all of their connections um were in it so it's been interesting for me to like be basically like excommunicated from that and continue networking and kind of rebuilding that but it's been good though because like um because it's like it's really like it was my choice and you know, like the environment that I get to be in now, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, you know, I think from Bob Jones, I really like, I only have like one friend now um, because basically once I got expelled and like, I was actually honest about my deconstruction journey, like I knew I would lose a lot of friends from Bob Jones. Like I was fine with that because a lot of the friendships I had at Bob Jones, I really didn't, I wasn't satisfied with anyway. They were just really mm-hmm. shallow surface level relationships and you know and i tried to find the less extreme people at bob jones really and there was only a, a couple i guess that i could find yeah <laughs> throughout <laughs> it's really hard to find those chill oh, yeah, people for sure. there at bob jones but um but yeah for anyone stuck in that environment network outside of it for the community and yeah like get in touch with yourself most definitely um but Thank you so much, Emma, for coming on the show. And like, is there anything um, that you would like to say before we end this episode?
1: Um, Just thank you so much for this opportunity, like being able to share my stories is very much like outside of my comfort zone. But um, just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for what you're doing, giving people an opportunity to share their story.
0: Oh yeah, of course. You're so welcome. And like, I love that because, you know, where I'm at in my life is because I constantly went out of my comfort zone. So that's great. Uh, whenever you're able, you know, to do that. Um, and you know, and it's been, you know, a lot of people have like messaged me and like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry you got expelled. You were so close, but, um, you know, I mean, I've already transferred a lot of my credits and it's really been freeing, um, to be able to live your life authentically, to share your story, um, to help, help really different people. Um, and it's something that you know a lot of us sadly didn't have um, for years. So yeah, so I'm happy to have this platform to help um, different people, and I'm glad that you've got out <laughs> of Fog oh, yeah. Jones. Stay here. Stay <laughs> <Save> here. <laughs> oh gosh, like oh my, like that place is so toxic, and and you know, I think I think honestly, within a decade, probably that school won't exist anymore unless they completely rechange yeah. it, like top to bottom like systemic changes which i don't think is going to happen but um (laughs) so yeah so that school will probably be closed down i think within a decade because i know they've been struggling Mm. with like getting students which is not really a surprise honestly yeah Um, yeah but yeah so thank you for coming on and sharing your story and everyone this was speaking up with andrew pledger This podcast is distributed by Anchor from Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Everything you need is in one space. Anchor has the tools to record, edit, and distribute your podcast. And it's all free. Download the Anchor app. Or go to Anchor FM to start creating your own podcast today. Thank you for listening to Speaking Up with Andrew Pledger. Please support the show by sharing, donating, or leaving a review. Your support is much appreciated.